Please pray with me and for me from the words of Psalm 19. May the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. I'm glad you're here to share God's Word with me this morning. We'll be focusing on page 11, Genesis 16, the first six verses. As you know, we're doing a series in Genesis, and we'll start right off into verse 1. In verse 1, it says that Sarah, Abram's wife, had bore him no children. As we remember in Genesis 12, God comes to Abram and he says, go to a place I will show you. Leave your home. Took great faith. And he also said, I will give you many offspring, as many as there are stars in the sky. And that had been 10 years. 10 years of been waiting for an offspring. And still we see here in the first verse, no children. So we see in the second verse that Sarah blames the Lord. She says, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. I see some anger here. I see some impatience, which I can understand, 10 years. And so... She decides to solve the problem on her own, like most of us do. And she says to her husband, Abram, I will give you Hagar for a wife. Go into her and conceive. And Abram, just like Adam, kind of passive, because probably he was impatient as well. does what his wife suggests. And then we see all hell breaks loose. If we look at verse 4, it says that Hagar has contempt for Sarah. I can just picture that. Ha, 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 ha. I have a son. You're not going to have one. She was mocking her. And I'm sure I can understand that in verse 6, Sarah was jealous, angry, and she dealt with her very harshly. So Hagar left the land. Interesting also in verse 5, Sarah blames her husband. It was her idea. He says, may the wrong done to me, Sarah says, be on you, Abram. So what I see here is a big, happy family. (laughs) See the mess that we can get into when we don't listen to the Lord. Hmm. But this is not the first time that Abram experienced doubt. This same Abram that demonstrated great faith didn't trust God to protect him when he confronted 
Pharaoh in Egypt. He lied, and he said, Sarah is my sister. He was afraid that he would be killed. Fear can cause doubt. And so he was so overcome with fear that he either forgot or didn't believe that God would protect him. And this happens again, I think, it's in Genesis 21 uh, with, Kim, with King Abimelech. So we will see several cases of doubt that Abram experienced. I can, I can see Satan involved with this, you know, whispering to Sarah and to Abram. God surely didn't say. He really didn't say he would give you a son. I mean, it's been 10 years. If he really meant it, it would have happened by now. So you need to do something. <laughs> Satan wants us to trust in ourselves and not trust in God. Because without trusting in God, there's no relationship. And he doesn't want you and I to have a relationship with the Lord. And this is nothing new. We see in the New Testament that Peter denies Christ three times. The apostles, all of them didn't think Christ would really raise, be raised from the dead. They all experienced doubt, not just doubting Thomas, who gets the bum rap. So people of faith, brothers and sisters, can have doubt. I mean, we're in good company. We're in company with Abram and Moses and all those guys. But 20 years ago, I came to Jacksonville. I was living in Louisiana. And, I, and we went to Christian Healing Ministries. And I heard a talk by Norma Deering that has stuck with me for 20 years. And I applied it to my life. She used what was co I call a car analogy, that our life is like an automobile. But what I did, I kind of, as I normally would, I embellished it for my own purposes. And so I picture Jesus hitchhiking, and I pick him up in my car. But I don't put him in the car, I put him in the trunk. And I don't mean to be funny, even though it sounds that way. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but just hear me out. I put him in the trunk because I treat him as a spare tire. I only use him in case of an emergency. I only pray when I really need to pray. He's like a last resort. I have no trust relationship with him at all. This was my walk early on. Then I happened to go to a retreat. And I experienced for the first time the love of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was a wonderful experience. It was a curcio. And so I asked Jesus to get into the rear seat. 
because I wanted a little bit more of him. But I didn't want any backseat driving. After all, I'm in charge, silly boy. But I began to have a relationship with him in that back seat. And my love for him grew. And as he began to heal the pain of my childhood, I began to experience his love. I began to experience his trust. And I began to trust him more. So I invited him to the front seat. But there's a battle going on in the front seat. Who is going to drive the car? Who is going to drive the car? You know, old habits die hard. I think I've been a non-Christian longer than I've been a Christian. I mean, I guess I was a Christian in name only as a child, but I didn't really know what it meant to be a Christian. So old habits die hard, and my pride still pops up occasionally. And I want to be in charge. But I say this to you. My desire of my heart to surrender totally to God is greater than my success. My desire of my heart to surrender totally to God is greater than my success. But God knows my heart. So success is not the rule. It's not the law. I will fail. I will doubt. I doubted just a month ago. I was praying that the Lord would change a personal flaw in my character that had an impact on our marriage. And I too, like Sarah and like Abram, was impatient. After all, it's been a month, Lord. So where is God in your life? Is he in the trunk? Is he in the back seat? Is he in the front seat? Does he have control of the wheel? Sometimes at least. Well, we know that Jesus is the answer to all this. Jesus commanded us in John 14 to have faith in God, to trust in me, he says. And I was at Soul in the City one day uh, last week, or a week before, I can't remember now. But um, Cole Ferguson had a shirt on, and it said something uh, from Matthew 16. If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. In other words, give up yourself. Give you, yourself to me totally. You have no right for yourself. That's hard words. That's hard words. But that's what Jesus command for us. But he knew that it would be difficult for us, just like it is for Moses and Abram and Peter and all the apostles and for Gus. So he decided to do two things. 
because it's no surprise to our Lord. So the first thing Lord God does, he sends Jesus to die on the cross to become my sin of doubt. He sends Jesus to die on the cross for my sin of idolatry, where I make myself God. <laughs> Easy to do. Because he knew we would fail at that. So he forgives us. And that's the good news. That's why Jesus died on the cross for all of our sin, including doubt. But he does something else because he knew that wasn't enough. And Jesus tells us in John 16, it's to your advantage that I go away. Jesus was limited by time and space. But if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. So I need to go away. So he gives us the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So we're a team. We're a team. We cooperate. It's the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Holy Spirit in me. We're a team. Because we can't do it alone. What, I, what we call cooperative grace. We work with the Holy Spirit. So here's the challenge that I have for you today. Is that we have to learn how to walk in the Spirit daily. We have to learn how to have life in the Spirit. We have to learn how to gain the fruit of the Spirit. That's what He has for us. So as we walk in the Spirit, as we live with the Spirit, as we talk to Him, as we get gifts from Him and we use those gifts, He blesses us with His fruit. Love, joy, peace, faithfulness is part of that group. You know, tomorrow we celebrate the 4th of July, Independence Day. As an American, July 4th is dedicated as a, the Declaration of Independence. I challenge you as a Christian, not just an American, that we have July 3rd to be a Declaration of Dependence that we have July 3rd today to be a declaration of dependence. That we, of the will, we make a decision to have a trust commitment with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be totally dependent on Him. <laughs> will it be perfect? No. It's definitely not perfect for me. But it's getting better. So here's what I'd like to do. <clears throat> I'd like to say a prayer. First of all, I invite the Holy Spirit, of course. And then we'll uh, say a prayer together. And I'll ask you to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, just come. I, think you, I know you're already here because you're in me. 
and I feel your presence. But I ask you to come again and just fill this space with your presence. Every inch of this space, Lord. Fill our souls with, with you, Holy Spirit. Fill our bodies with you. Our minds, our spirit. Now I ask you to repeat after me. Lord God, fill us with your spirit. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me with God's love. So I love you with your own love. So I love you with your love. Fill me with your faith. So I trust you and your promises. Lord God, help me to surrender my life to you. I pray this in the power. I pray this in the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.